Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We are currently in the series, Life First. We hope it's a blessing to you. All right, let's jump into life verse. I want you to take out your talk notes. Will you do that? I would encourage you to grab a pen as well and write some things down or draw or doodle, whatever you need to do to pay attention. I think if you write something down or if you draw something, it will increase the likelihood that you'll remember something walking out of here, which is what I want you to do. So from the youngest student or child in the room to the oldest adult, get your talk notes ready. Don't just look at me as if you're bored. Even if you are bored, all right, like, like fake it, all right? Like just put something down. And again, I think that'll help you walk out of here with a little bit of something. So here's our big idea for today and your first couple of blanks, and that is search and pick a verse or two. It's what I want everybody to be considering over the next few weeks. Search and pick a verse or two. So here's the deal with life first. It's now a tradition, at Valley Point Church. This is the fifth year in a row that we have started the new year with this focus on picking a couple of verses to help us navigate whatever comes into this year. If you're new to Valley Point, you probably know that we don't do a lot of traditional things here, but this is one of them. This is one of the things that we so enjoy now, and I look forward to presenting this Every year. So if you're new and you've never done this before, I would encourage you just to dive in and give it a shot. And I think it's something that you'll probably enjoy. If you've done this before, well, it's time to search again. So here we go. Now, think about this. We should never, I honestly believe this, we should never get tired of searching for a verse or two from God's word to help guide us. Like, that should never get old for us. We should never get tired of looking into God's Word to find a verse or two because God's Word is living and powerful and it's active and it has something to say to us. And so I hope, as this has become somewhat of a tradition for us, that we never get tired. Like, oh, I got to search for a verse again. I just don't know if I want to put in the time and the effort. I just am not convinced. I hope we never approach this that way because I believe we should never get tired from opening up this ancient document that God has given to us to say, here's the verse that I need for this next year or here's the verses I need to navigate whatever is going to come my way. I hope that never happens. So let's think about life verse, all right? I want you to travel with me to the easel because this is how we're going to walk through today. I want to share with you Valley Point's statement on the Bible. We actually have a statement that speaks to the value of Scripture and its authority in our lives, and so I'm going to share that statement with you. And then we're going to talk a little bit about this. This is a nice word to start the year with. It's the word illumination. There is a ministry that God does within our hearts and within our lives where he illuminates scripture for the believer, helps them understand it a bit and then respond appropriately. 
The illumination work of God is something we often ignore. I know I do, personally, in my life. And maybe you do the same. But the illuminating work of God is absolutely marvelous. And I think it's something that you're going to get really excited about as you leave. You might even stand up and clap as we talk about it. I don't know. But we're going to have a good time thinking about the illuminating work that God does in terms of Scripture and helping us get it. All right, after that, I'm going to give you some practical help. Because let's be honest, sometimes digging into Scripture can be difficult and challenging. There's a lot there. And how do you go about the process of grabbing a verse? And how do you claim that? I want to give you some practical help. And then after all of that, I'm going to share my life verses for 2017 with you. I've chosen a couple that I'm really enjoying so far. And I want to share that with you. And I want to do that because I want you to know I wouldn't challenge you to do something that I'm not doing myself. And so I've done the hard work and I've researched and I've prayed and I've kind of committed to a few verses and I'll share that with you in just a moment. All right, so we're going to look at Valley Point Statement on the Bible, the illuminating work, this gift that God gives to us, some practical help, and then I'll talk to you about my life verses. Does that make sense so far? All right, let's think about Valley Point Statement on the Bible. If you go to our website, we have a section where we share our core beliefs. If you've never read that before, I'd encourage you to do that. These are some top-shelf truths for us that we get pretty excited about and passionate about as we serve as a church. And I think it would be wise for you to be familiar with these top-shelf beliefs. One of those items is Scripture. And so let me share with you the Valley Point statement on the Bible. It reads like this. The Bible is God's word to all people. It was written by human authors under the supernatural guidance of the Holy Spirit. It is the supreme source of truth for our beliefs and life. Because it is inspired by God, it is truth without any mixture of error. That's our statement. Kind of a lot of words there. And so what I want to do is kind of break each sentence apart and explain it a little bit. So the Bible is God's word to all people, meaning the Bible shows us who God is. This is why we love it and why we spend time in it, because as we immerse ourselves in Scripture, we get a sense of who God is. And here's the deal. He is available to all people. Again, that's why we spend time here. So the Bible is God's word to all people. It shows us who God is. It's for everybody. Secondly, it was written by human authors under the supernatural guidance of the Holy Spirit. In other words, God carefully guided the process of how Scripture was recorded using human authors and their unique experiences, their lives, their stories, even their own unique writing styles to record for us exactly what God wanted us to hold in our hands today. It's important to know the Bible just didn't fall out of the sky, all put together. That's not exactly what happened. Again, God guided the process over time and history, and he worked through human authors using their personalities and their writing styles to record for us Scripture. We have to remember this is written by real people in real places. It's not fairy tale stuff. Real people, real places. Written by human authors, guided by God himself. 
Thirdly, it is the supreme source of truth for our beliefs and life. And this speaks to its authority. It has something to say to us. It's more than just good thoughts or a great idea. There's authority to Scripture. And then finally, because it is inspired by God, it is truth without any mixture of error. And that word inspire there means breathed out. So when we're talking about Scripture, we're saying this is something breathed out by God himself. Again, he worked through human authors in real time and in real places, but it's actually breathed out by God. And this helps us to understand its accuracy, that we can trust what Scripture says, and it is reliable. That's our statement on the Bible. The Bible is God's word to all people. It was written by human authors under the supernatural guidance of the Holy Spirit. It is the supreme source of truth for our beliefs and life. Because it is inspired by God, it is truth without any mixture of error. I share that with you because it's important for you to know this. We have a very high view of Scripture here at Valley Point. Very high view. It it drives our beliefs. And it's why we open it up every single Sunday. It's why we do that. And we find a verse or a couple of verses or even a, a longer paragraph. Because God reveals himself to us through his word. There's information about God right here. And we can discover that and we can know that when we put in the effort. Here's something else that's kind of unique about Scripture. It not only gives us information about God, it gives us information about ourselves. Sometimes we don't always like that, but it does. And so this is why we dive in, because we find out a little bit about the character of God. We also discover things about ourselves. I think the challenge is this. The Bible can be difficult to understand, right? Well, let's be honest. It can be difficult to understand. But here's what's amazing about God. He knew we would have a problem understanding his word. He knew it would be difficult and challenging at times. And so he actually gave us a gift. He gave us something that would help with that. And that brings us to this word, illumination. So this is really exciting. I can tell you're smiling and you're ready to take all of this in. So let's talk about the illuminating work that God does to help us get and understand something that can be a bit challenging. We're going to acknowledge, let's be honest about that, right? It's tough. So let's think about what God has done for us. Before we dive into that, I want to talk a little bit about the triune God or the triunity. I like to refer to it that way. There's God, one God, but three persons. So let's kind of think about that because one of the persons of this triunity has a lot to do with helping us understand God's word. So when we talk about God, there's God the Father, and then there is God the Son, that's Jesus. And we just spent a whole season walking through the advent of Jesus, his incarnation. He arrived, and he lived eventually. He died paying the price for our sins, and he ascended and went back to heaven. That's God the Son, Jesus. There's a third part of the triunity that we don't often discuss and we don't often consider, but he plays an essential role in illuminating Scripture, and that is God, the Holy Spirit. So one God, that's what we worship, 
But he exists in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. This is called the triunity, probably the most complex theological truth in all of Scripture. Very complex. Hard to explain, hard to understand. It's one of those things we kind of accept by faith because we see it displayed throughout Scripture. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Let's take a few moments and kind of focus on God the Holy Spirit. Who's he? What does he do? I think we kind of get God the Father and God the Son, but God the Holy Spirit, what does he do? And what is his responsibility in terms of helping us understand Scripture? Well, the best way I can explain it is like this. When you trusted in Jesus alone to save you, if that's a decision that you've made in your life, you've embraced the leadership and the forgiveness that God offers through Jesus Christ, If you've done that, at that moment, whether you were a young child or a student or maybe you were a little bit older, whenever that happened for you, whether that happened with a friend or it happened in this room when you've been given the opportunity to cross the line of faith, whenever that happened and wherever it happened, here's something that immediately took place in your life without you knowing it and without you even feeling this. God gave you the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he took up residence within your life. It is a gift given to every believer with no strings attached. At the moment of salvation. Again, without us even knowing this or feeling it, God the Holy Spirit took up residence within us. There is a verse in John chapter 14 where Jesus is having a conversation with his followers And he is sharing with them, look, I'm about to be killed and I'm going to rise again. I'm going to pay the price for sin and then I'm going to send and I'm going to go back to heaven. That's going to happen for me. But you don't have to worry because you will not be alone. And in John chapter 14, verse 16, Jesus says this to his followers. I'm going to ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. And he will never leave you. All right, the words of Jesus. I'm going to ask the Father, and he's going to give you another advocate. We're going to think about that word advocate here in just a second because it's essential to our understanding of this illuminating work that the Holy Spirit does in our life. I'm going to pray to the Father, and he's going to send another advocate, and that advocate will never leave you. He will always be with you if you've trusted in Christ. By the way, John chapter 14, verse 16 is one of the great proof verses of the Trinity, because you see the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit all in action within one verse. Something to remember. All right, let's think about this word advocate. And this is some fun stuff that you could write down. This word advocate comes from the Greek word parakletos. Nice word, right? That word actually means called to one's aid or a helper. That's a parakletos, an aid. A helper. Have you ever heard of the word para? A lot of educational institutions will make use of paras. And what they do in the classroom is, well, they come alongside. They aid. They help. That's what they do. And this is the Holy Spirit's job. He is the advocate. He is the para. He is the helper. He is the one who gets next to us 
and illuminates scripture so that we make appropriate choices and decisions. And here's the best part of all. He never leaves us. His indwelling in us is permanent. Now, we can kind of ignore him. A lot of people do that. We can kind of push him into the shadows. Like, get, get back there, Holy Spirit. I don't want you informing me or illuminating anything for me. Like, stay back there. We can do that, but the reality is he never leaves. So think about this. We've got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They all have different roles. The Holy Spirit is the para. He is the aid. He is the one who comes alongside and illuminates Scripture for us. And we will never lose him if we have trusted in Jesus alone. Wow! Like, that's incredible! I thought you might stand up and clap or something just because we have the Holy Spirit and he never leaves us. Yeah, it's a great truth. Honestly, when, when you think about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit and they, their work in our lives, it kind of causes you just to step back and say, God is incredible! He really isn't so generous to us. He gives us gifts that we will never lose. Again, we can't ignore it, but we will never lose it, and it is there to help and to guide. This is what every believer has. Now, that brings me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. So if you have a Bible or a device, I want you to turn there. And as I read through this, I want you to keep in mind the Holy Spirit, Parakletos, Helper, one who comes alongside, the illuminating work that he does to help us get scripture. All right, here's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. Now, let's break that apart a little bit but people who aren't spiritual. In other words, people who do not have God the Holy Spirit in them because they've never trusted in Jesus alone. That's who we're talking about here. And guess what? They can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. They don't have that helper yet. He's not there. He's not residing within them. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it because they don't have the advocate. For only those who are spiritual... In other words, only those who have trusted in Jesus alone and have the indwelling presence of the Spirit within them are spiritual. They are the ones who can understand what the Spirit means. Now, let's go back to this word for just a moment. Keep in mind, Holy Spirit, helper, aid, advocate. That's who he is. That's what he does. A great gift. Really exciting. Let's think about illumination now and what that means for the believer, and how that helps us really incorporate Scripture into our lives and to get it. Just a couple of thoughts here. The work of the Spirit in imparting this knowledge or this understanding, it's called illumination. That's that key word there. It is not a giving of new revelation. That's important to know. God's Word is complete. There's no new revelation. So like, it's like God's giving us something new. It's not new revelation but a work within us that enables us to grasp and to love the revelation that is there before us in the biblical text as it is heard and read. So the idea here is that when we're under the teaching of the Word of God, kind of like now, 
or when we're having our own personal worship time. And boy, something really jumps out and grabs our heart or moves us intellectually. This is the illuminating work of the Holy Spirit. He's making things come to life for us. Sin in our mental and moral system clouds our minds and wills so that we miss and often resist the force of Scripture. That's why it's so important that we regularly confess our sin. Because when we don't, it clouds the Spirit's ability to work. We don't want that. When we read, when we're under the teaching of the Word of God, we want to be illuminated. And so we've got to be careful to confess our sin. And get this, illumination is a lifelong ministry of the Holy Spirit to Christians. We don't ever lose that. Again, we can push it back. We can ignore it, but we never lose that. Which means this. The work of the Spirit in helping us grasp the meaning of the Bible doesn't mean that we get out of the hard work of studying. It's like, wow, I've got the Holy Spirit, so I don't even have to try. Well, that's not the case. God has given us all a brain, and he expects us to put in the work, the research, the study, the reading, the time. He wants us to do that. We have to put that in so that we can understand. We're not off the hook because we have an advocate. We still have to study. The big role of the Spirit is him making us humble enough to welcome the truth, to accept it, especially the hard truth that calls for change. And quite honestly, this is where many of us, myself included, will kind of kick back and push the Holy Spirit over to the side a little bit because something is revealed about ourselves here and we get frustrated with it and we don't like it or maybe we don't even agree with it. Part of the illuminating work of the Holy Spirit is he helps us to accept hard truth, especially when it calls for us to change. This is the work of the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the helper. He shines a light on all of this, which is incredible. So if you've trusted in Jesus alone to save you, guess what you have? You have a para, like living within you. And he's there to help you and to come alongside you and to shine the light on truth, helping you to change and adjust your life and bring it into conformity with the word of God. That's the role of God, the Holy Spirit, one of his primary roles. You know, if you haven't trusted in Jesus, you can. You can. That's a choice sitting there for you. And I would encourage you, if you're ready to do that, trust in Jesus alone to rescue you. Cry out to him anywhere, anytime. And he will respond to you. And in that moment, you get the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he never leaves. And he's there to help, to illuminate Scripture. Now, all of that to say, I think we owe it to ourselves If we've trusted in Jesus alone, we owe it to ourselves to pick this up and read because we have an advocate. We have somebody who's helping us to get it and to understand. Which brings us to the next thing on our list, which is what's some practical help when it comes to actually searching? So we've got an advocate. We have a helper who's illuminating Scripture, turning the light on. We have that. What are some practical ways that we can walk through this, though? So I want to give you a couple of thoughts. I'd encourage you to write this down. If you really want to take advantage of the advocate, the para within you. First of all, chair time. Chair time. If you want to find a verse and pick something that will have impact in your life, I think you've got to have a chair time. You have to have a time and a place. 
And I got pretty serious about this a few years ago when I kind of was like, you know, I'll just I'll read God's Word whenever. And I study quite a bit, so that's kind of a daily thing for me. But I don't know if I was giving the right kind of time personally. To, you know, I want to take just a little bit of time here and just dive into God's Word and have Him speak to me personally through His Word. And so I chose a chair time. I have a specific time and place every day, or at least regularly, where I open up God's Word and I listen to what He's saying to me. And I share that with you because if you don't pick a chair time, you're not going to do it. This is not going to happen. If you save it for over here or over there, it's just not going to get done. And so I would encourage you, find a sacred place in your office, in your home, wherever, whether it's a lunch break, before bed, in the morning. It doesn't matter when or where. I just think it's important to have that chair time, that specific time and place where you're investing in God's word. So pick a chair time, so beneficial. And then the other second helpful thing is just pick a verse and don't overthink it. Find something that's meaningful and memorable to you. I'm not going to take time today to talk about reading plans. There's so much help out there in terms of, you know, what is it that you read, whether it's the YouVersion app or something online, or if you like reading the proverb of the day, you know, whatever it is. There's a lot of helpful things out there that will get you into God's word. You figure it out. That's fairly easy to do. And I would encourage you to find some type of plan that gets you into God's word. And then as you're reading, don't overthink it. Just pick a verse or two. And if something jumps into your heart, like, wow, that was the encouragement that I needed. And I know I'm going to need for this entire year. Or, ouch, that was a little challenging. That poked a bit. I don't think I liked that. Well, that might be something that God may want for you in terms of a life verse. So find something that's meaningful or memorable. And as a way to help you with that, at Just For You, which is the table out in the lobby, Mark, just for you. Uh, if you go out there, because I, I, I want you to be able to find a verse. And I, I understand for some people, opening up a Bible, finding something online, that, that can be a little intimidating and awkward. Then I have put together a list of life verses that people have used over the years. And there are several verses on the sheet. Go out there, ask for that, pick it up, and you can kind of look over that sheet. I have one friend who took that sheet and put it in his wallet and wore it out thin. And he just like, they're all my life verses. You know, maybe pick one, but, I, you know, if you want to do that, that's fine. That is available for you at Just For You, and if it's intimidating to think about picking a verse, I'd encourage you to go out there. We want to help you that way, so grab that sheet and find something that's meaningful and memorable. If it jumps off the page at you, that might just be the verse for you. All right, so chair time, time and place. That's how I want to present some helpful thoughts to you. Find that sacred moment and that, and that place and, and mark that, and then... And then pick a verse or two or three. I think it's better to keep it short so you can memorize it and say it often throughout the year. But just pick something that is meaningful and memorable to you, and you'll be well on your way to finding a life verse. Okay? Now, I want to share with you my life verse for 2017. And I would encourage you, as I share this, look, if you're skeptical or, you know, you have doubts about the accuracy of the Bible, I get it. Pick a verse anyway. Just give it a shot and see what happens as you implement that and immerse your mind in that. I think you might be surprised. So let me share with you my life verses. I've chosen a few here from 2 Kings chapter 3, 
It's verses 16 through 18. So let me just read these to you. This dry valley will be filled with pools of water. You will see neither wind nor rain, says the Lord. But this valley will be filled with water. You will have plenty. I love verse 18, which says this. This is only a simple thing for the Lord. It's only a small thing. When you jump into the context of these verses here, there was a drought in the land, and and it was significant and bothersome, and they were very worried about it. And God's like, look, I'm going to fill that valley with water, and you're going to have plenty. That's a small thing for me to do. Have some faith. Believe in me. So those are my verses, and I've chosen them because they're meaningful and they're memorable to me, and I'll tell you why. As hopefully you know by now, we're building a new church home less than a mile down the road here, and we're excited about that. Construction is beginning, and we're very anxious to see how God uses that tool for years to come. But it has been quite a process of getting from here to there, and I don't want to forget the great things that God has done to make construction possible. Uh, Quite a journey that we've been on. Uh, Many of you know the full story. Some of you maybe aren't aware of all of the details. I'll fill you in on a couple of things. We've had that property there on Bethel Road for several years. Our church is 44 years old. So in 1972 or 73, they purchased that property and they built a small little chapel there and they met there until 2004, 2005 when the church grew to the point where we needed more space. And so we moved here. And we've been meeting here at the middle school ever since. I came in 2010, and God really impressed upon my heart and our leadership at the time that it's probably time to consider a real home on that piece of property that God has given to us. And so let's chase that. And so three, four years ago, we started that process. And what I thought would be simple and easy, you just, you know, you build something, that's what you do, uh, really turned out to be a challenge because guess what? There's no water on that piece of property. There's, There's no water there. Well, there's a well, and that's what we use for our offices and, and for the chapel there. But there's no public water. And so to build an actual building, you've got to have public water and you know, no, no infrastructure and, and just no water. It's, it's a dry valley over there, literally. That's what it is. And so in the process, we started to say, well, what can we do to get, get water in the valley over there? So we thought of all kinds of different things. And a lot of people have been working on this for over 10 years, trying to figure out how do you, how do you get that there? and kept running into obstacle after obstacle. And I really began to wonder, maybe God doesn't want us on that property. And our leadership at the time actually considered other property. Maybe we need to go somewhere else, but there's water. You just got to have water, right? So maybe we need to go somewhere else. And we we looked at other property, and nothing really made good sense, and God kept bringing us back to 209 Bethel Road, that that's home. And that's where God wants us to be, and that's where our future real home is would stand, but yet we still had this dry valley. And so we began to pour our hearts out to God, and God, and we want to be careful to give him credit, but God working through ideas, strategy, and faith. Because it takes all of that. You can't can't blame everything on God. You know, God figured it out. We have to use our brains. And so God working through ideas, strategy, and faith did something that no one probably thought of in bringing together a township and a school district and a church. Think about that. Where where does this take place? God bringing together a township, 
a church and a school district to provide a solution that didn't exist before. And as a result of that, idea, strategy, and faith, God doing something that nobody could have imagined, water will flow at 209 Bethel Road. It's going to happen, and we're well on our way. So when I read this verse, this, this dry valley, 209 Bethel Road, it's going to be filled with pools of water. Imagine when in our new home, when you turn on the faucet in the bathroom, that's like all God. When you flush the toilet, Pools of water. You will see neither wind nor rain. This valley will be filled with water. We're going to have plenty. We're going to have plenty of water. That's amazing. And guess what? It's just a small thing. Just a small thing for God to do. It seemed big to us, and it is. But God directing all of these different pieces, just a small thing for God. Those are my verses. They're meaningful and memorable to me. And that's why I've chosen them. You'll notice our graphic and what we'll sign in a couple of weeks with our life verses when we commit to them. It's the blueprints of our building. You can see them on either side of the stage. We're kind of using that as a guide this year because that's out in front of us, and we're excited about that. And if you want to choose a life verse that's geared around movement and building and foundations, that would be a great thing to do as we journey towards this as a church, but ultimately, I want you to pick something that is meaningful and memorable to your life and what you're walking through. All right, so here's our takeaways for today. Before the takeaways, let's go back to our list. have three takeaways for you today. They're very simple, but let's look at this. We, We did our statement, right? God has given to us his word. He breathed it out using different people. We talked about the illuminating work of the Holy Spirit. We have this great gift. Everybody should walk away very encouraged with that today. Practical help, choose chair time, pick your verses, don't overthink it. And I shared my verses with you. All right, let me finish with these takeaways. First of all, I want you to search. All right, you search. You do the hard work. And just find a time, find something that works for you. Don't overcomplicate it. Start your search. Do the hard work of reading. Secondly, pick a verse or two. And again, don't overcomplicate it. Just find something that jumps off the page that's going to work for you. And then thirdly, I want to encourage you to come back next week as we continue life verse. I'm very excited about next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. I thought today was fun, by the way. All right. (laughs) I thought today was fun. Hey, next week is going to be a lot of fun because uh, Sherry Kelly and Tanya Kohler are going to join me, and together we are going to present a defense of Scripture. So one of the things that you'll find in culture is that the Bible is attacked all of the time as unreliable, as too old, as out of date, you know, all these different things. Well, there's an answer to all of that, and we're going to present an apologetic, a defense of Scripture, and I hope that you'll come back to that. It's quite fascinating. They've already submitted their research. It's, it's amazing what they're going to share. And so I'm excited to give that to you next week. I hope that you'll come back. When you walk out of here, begin the search, okay? Start the search. Pick a couple of verses. Come back next week. We want to speak about how there are compelling lines of evidence that what we hold in our hands is reliable and trustworthy and is exactly what God wants us to have. We're going to talk about that next week and have a lot of fun, okay? You good? Will you pray with me?
Father, we're grateful for your word. And we want to be a church that's in it. We want to immerse our minds in the Bible because it gives us information about you. And if we want to know you and your mind and and your heart, we can discover that. We have to do the reading and the research, but we can find that. That's there, and it's available for us. And God, there's also information about us in Scripture. Often we don't like those pieces. But I, I pray that everybody here would take upon themselves this challenge to just walk out of here and to begin searching and reading and identifying a verse or two or three that just jump into our minds and into our hearts that move us emotionally or challenge us intellectually, that we would be willing to take those verses and then manage them. Meaning we got to keep it in front of us throughout the year so that with whatever we face, the ups and downs, everything in between, we're ready to kind of throw our life verses at that. So help us have a fun week as a church, leaning into the advocate. We have a para who's coming alongside, who's guiding and helping. Help us to lean into that and his illuminating work in our lives. But God, also help us to be willing to accept what is revealed about us and what we might need to change. So give us a great week of digging into your words. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com and click online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Please reach out to us at prayer at valleypointchurch.com.